This week on Jingle Jank, we're celebrating Halloween with our favorite spooky Christmas songs. Halloween often gets swallowed up by the build-up to Christmas, so Halloween-themed Christmas songs are a natural way to transition into the holidays. So grab some pumpkin spice eggnog and join us as we explore spooky Christmas songs. Welcome to Jingle Jank, the show where we find offbeat and obscure Christmas music on YouTube. I'm your host, Scott, joined as always by our Crypt Keeper, Jay. How's it going, Jay? Scott, how are you? I'm doing quite well today and got a fistful of candy corns and I am ready for today's show. Yeah, I wouldn't say that either of us are big Halloween folks. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's probably my least favorite of the holidays overall. I'm more of the stay home and pass out candy guy, although it's, you know, it's good for the kids. But yeah, not not a big one on my list. Yeah, I never liked it at all until I had kids and then I started appreciating it a little bit. One thing you and I talked about this week preparing for the show is how Halloween is a high watermark for the Christmas season starting. So I think I appreciate that. I see Halloween things at the store and I start thinking Christmas and getting excited about it. Yeah, I think you nailed it. For me, I, I've, Halloween's like not my favorite holiday for sure, but it's come to, to signify the start of the holiday season for me. So I've actually kind of you know flipped it on its head in my mind that once we get through Halloween and in our house, like that's it sort of, my, you know, our tree doesn't go up necessarily on November 1st, but all other bets are off. The music starts to come in. There's eggnog in the fridge. I, I put Christmas lights on anything and everything that we can. Um, you know, all the Phillips hue lighting will switch to red and green, uh, around the house. So instead of orange. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of pink right now, I've got going on, but yeah, that's exactly it. So for me, I think Halloween is a transition to the holiday season. And I think for a lot of people, that's what it's become. And I think, you know, we all need a little Christmas man and let's get through this candy thing and get on with it. Yeah, that's true. I don't see a, a year with a global pandemic needing anything more scary or frightening going on. Yeah, probably this is not a big year for a big year for Halloween. You know, 4th of July really epitomizes summer, but Memorial Day is kind of the unofficial start to summer. I kind of have this same thing with Halloween going into Thanksgiving and then going into Christmas. It's a natural progression. So I think I've learned to at, at least uh, appreciate it, even if I don't fully enjoy it. Yeah, and I think that's a pop culture phenomenon that we're all watching unfold, right? The stores opening earlier and, and everything, you know, just that holiday creeping back further and further. And I think there's been some, you know, there's been some pushback on that, some elasticity to it, and that, you know, now you're starting to see stores not opening. And I think this year's obviously going to be very different, but even before the pandemic, you were starting to see stores pull back where people were like, you know, we all want Christmas in September, but we don't want people to have to work on Thanksgiving. So let's, we got to find a balance. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with people not working on Thanksgiving. I do not appreciate stores like Nordstrom trying to take the high road and saying, we don't decorate for Christmas until after Thanksgiving. Oh, come on, get over yourself. Yeah. You know, I want to see it in September. I want to go to Lowe's. I want to go to Home Depot and see all of it. But, you know, we, we're equal opportunity people on this show. Do whatever makes you happy. I don't, I shouldn't care. Yeah. I mean, and I think if you want to pick a swim lane in life, right, there are people who would walk into Home Depot in October and see a Christmas tree up like when you first walk past the garden section and and be agitated by that and complain that they're, you know, they're spoiling on the holiday. And then there are some people who like whatever's going on in my day, if I'm in a bad mood and I see that Christmas tree when I walk in, I'm all of a sudden in a better mood. I mean, that's why, you know, that, that anyway, that's why you look forward to the holiday. So some people, you know, I think your contrarians are going to crap on that stuff 
stuff all the time. The rest of us are like, who doesn't want to see Christmas tree? When I was leaving the house, I would go to Lowe's, you know, in September, early October, just to see that Christmas stuff. Even if I only spent a couple minutes there. And there are those people who are complaining about it. They can go fart in a phone booth for all I care. I don't want anything to do with it. So that's probably enough talking. Why don't we get into the spooky Christmas songs that we've picked today? This is a fun genre because it ties in two holidays at once. And I can't think of any other genre that does that. Can you? No, and this is this is like a a rare sort of two holidays that have I don't know if it's like meta whatever you want to call it that have influenced each other in terms of the music. And I think you're right. I can't think of two other holidays where you have this kind of mix. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty neat. Even if you don't love it, I think you're going to have fun with it today. And parents, we didn't pick any really scary songs, but if your kids are sensitive to I don't know, being scared at all, this may not be a great episode to play. I don't think it's too bad, but use your judgment. Before we get going, today's show is brought to you by Swanson's Poorly Executed Thanksgiving Frozen Meals. Swanson's knows that many in-person Thanksgivings won't be happening this year due to COVID, so they're helping you recreate part of the tradition. Choose from overcooked turkey breast, slimy stuffing with mysterious hard bits, green bean casserole that nobody wants, and crumbly flavorless cornbread. Inside the box, you'll even find a comic strip of political arguments with your crazy uncle. Find it in your grocer's frozen section. Go home again this holiday with Swanson's. All right, Jay. Our first song today is Reggae Christmas in Transylvania by Count Floyd. And it probably bears noting here that we titled the show Spooky Christmas Songs just to have a tie-in with Halloween. Not every song is spooky. They're really just Halloween-themed. Yeah, this is a good one. All right, here we go. Christmas Eve in Transylvania, the townsfolk were filled with a certain mania. For on that night when the sun went down, the scary Rastafarians came into town, spreading their stuff through village and square. They caused such a panic with their upbeat air. gracious, they gave us a scare. The next guy up was Jimmy Cliff, frightening us all with a mean reggae riff. Could this be Christmas, we ask ourselves? Where was St. Nick and his fun-loving elves? Instead, we were treated to songs about ganja, so the crowd yelled out, go home, we don't want you. All right, Jay, that was Reggae Christmas in Transylvania by Count Floyd. What did you think? I love this. Absolutely. SCTV and for our listeners, the uh, recognized Count Floyd. Uh, this is a, a, a bit that has SCTV uh, heritage. I'm a huge fan of sketch comedy. So this one definitely struck a chord in my heart, Scott. Count Floyd is a fictional character featured on television and played by comic actor Joe Flaherty. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. The Count Floyd character originated on the Canadian sketch show SCTV but also later appeared on the Completely Mental Misadventures of Ed Grimley, uh, clips of which were used on the Cartoon Planet, as well as Rush's Grace Under Pressure Tour. 
Now, Jay, I never watched SCTV. I have a feeling you did. I did, yeah. I mean, it, it didn't, to be clear. I watched sure. SCTV and reruns, so it's a, it's a little just, you know, a little bit before uh, we were a little young when, when it was first airing. But, yeah, you know, you've got great you know, comedy legends that, that started their career on that show, people like Eugene Levy, Flaherty, others. Um, so it's, it's a great, it's a great, um, it's a great throwback to that late 1970s sketch comedy boon, for sure. Would you say it's like the Canadian Saturday Night Live? It absolutely is a lot of Canadian lineage, lineage. and also I think, um, and you know, I have to go back to check my check my notes, but um, a lot of comedians who came up through Second City in Chicago and kind of either went, I guess, east to uh, to New York for Saturday Night Live or north to SCTV for um, for SC, or Canada for SCTV. Yeah, I have in my notes here that Second City Television, commonly shortened to SCTV and later known as SCTV Network. It's a Canadian television sketch comedy show that ran from 1976 to 1984. So, yeah, a few years before our time, we were about uh, seven years old when it went off the air, so we wouldn't have been watching it. I'm sure I've seen clips, and Rick Moranis definitely rings a bell. Yeah, if I, I think, and I'm, you know, people may argue with this, but I think if there, if there were a, a place where American comedy sort of had a mecca, Second City in Chicago really would, would be sketch comedy anyway, I think that would be what you'd call home. Okay. Now, uh, one final note on this. This is the from the 1982 mini LP, Count Floyd. One thing I noticed when we were listening to it, Jay, is it, it was a little bit on the nose, you know, like, yeah. ooh, heavy spooky, you know, kind of thing. And I didn't, I don't know that I really loved that. Yeah, I mean, that's the bit. That's that. So this guy, like, it, it, this is, this was sort of an obvious, I'm guessing at some point they were like, if we don't do a, if Count Floyd doesn't do a Halloween bit, like, you know, he had, we haven't done our part. <laughs> yeah, you got to lean into the holiday, I guess. So it's probably a real good song to start us off with. I say so, yeah, for sure. Our second song this week, this one I'm, I'm excited about. I was aware of this song before we ever started doing this show. This is Christmas with the Devil by Spinal Tap. That was Christmas with the Devil by Spinal Tap. Now, if you're not familiar with Spinal Tap, they're a fictional English band created by American comedians and musicians Michael McCain, Christopher Guest, and Harry Shearer. Now, Harry Shearer, famous in, in our generation from The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. These guys. This this is a fantastic song. I mean, perfect for obviously for our theme this week. 
And I absolutely love this group of uh, artists, comedians, musicians, whatever we want to call them. Um, like you said, we've got some great, uh, you know, some legends in this group that that was Spinal Tap. These guys also famously have uh, contributed for the the movies uh, Best in Show, uh, Waiting for Guffman, uh, A Mighty Wind, uh, and all of their all of them are very similarly themed in that they're they're mockumentaries, and they are if you know for our listeners, if you're looking for something to feel good family friendly for the most part uh um comedy you can't go wrong and this is a great song scott i absolutely love this one and i can't tell you i'm not sure that i had heard this before so i was kind of surprised i hadn't heard this one i came across it on youtube from something now i'm familiar with spinal tap from the 1984 mockumentary or as they call it rockumentary film this is spinal tap which was absolutely hilarious. I remember you and I watching that in high school, um, but it's not actually where they got their start. According to my research, the band first appeared on a 1979 ABC television sketch comedy pilot called The TV Show, starring Rob Reiner. The sketch was a mock promotional video for the song Rock and Roll Nightmare. So it wasn't until five years later that they did the film This Is Spinal Tap. Now, I don't think a lot of people were familiar with them before the film. Yeah, I, I was not. I didn't, and I didn't know that until we did this episode. I, I had thought, being familiar with their other mockumentary movies, I assumed that it was just um, created. The band was created for the movie, but I, I, I do feel like, and I think you you, you mentioned this um, uh, or had it in the show notes that these guys like they, they carried on and toured under like Spinal Tap as a fictional as a real fictional band, I guess, uh, for a while. Yeah, as far as I know, that's that's the case. And maybe if any of our listeners are more familiar with it than we are, they can correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure those three guys actually did go and tour. So does that make them the full musicians? I'm, I'm really not sure, but I know they toured. Yeah. Yes. And, and our listeners, Michael McKeon, I, I know that I don't think this is a show that's on your on your dance card, but for our um, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul fans, uh, Michael McKean featured in Better Call Saul, one of the, one of the um, Saul's brothers, one of the beloved characters in that show. Um, but again, um, this is way back or much earlier in his career in Spinal Tap and definitely check out uh, A Mighty Wind, Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman, too, if you want to see these guys performing. Yeah, now the song Christmas with the Devil, as far as I know, I did not go back and watch This is Spinal Tap, but this song was not in the movie. This was a 1984 self-titled single. Now, I remember in the movie there was lots of, like, the Stonehenge thing, you know. As far as I remember, this song was not actually in the movie. No, this is, they they, they reprised it. You know, I think very similar to how... Ackroyd and uh, Belushi and later um, Goodman do the uh, the Blues Brothers, the Blues Brothers routine. Yeah, these these guys will, will pop up as Spinal Tap occasionally and play different songs. Yeah. Now in the show notes, you'll find a YouTube link to the song, which is the, the best quality version of it. I found there are other versions of the song that were actually recorded live. I don't know what the venue was or what kind of tour it was, but you can, you can check that out if you're interested. Cool. All right. Now the next song here, now we're starting to get a little on the creepy side. So we do have a nice yeah. mix today. Some are funny, like the last song. This one is just nightmare fuel. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. This is Deck the Halls by Tarja Turinen.
right, Jay. That was Deck the Halls by Tarja Turinen. Woo, that one that one makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Yeah, it has like a real kind of um and have to forgive my my crude critics uh wording here, but kind of like an emo twilight kind of vibe to it that just made me feel like I was in a in a uncomfortably wandering through a hot topic. <laughs> uh there is a surprising amount of Christmas music on YouTube that's done in a minor key like this and it makes the music completely creepy, totally changes the vibe and the feeling of it. So uh, this artist, Tarja Turinen, she's a Finnish heavy metal singer and songwriter. She usually just goes by her first name, Tarja. So I don't know if she's the Finnish Madonna or whatever. But I became aware of this artist from the Tinsel Tune podcast, episode 27, where Dwayne featured uh, her whole album from Spirits and Ghosts. Very, very creepy. Great episode of Tinsel Tunes if you want to hear more of that. She's like a, a discount Bjork. I, know, I think Bjork is Iceland, but that's that same, same yeah. region. Well, she has 16 total albums, which is a Ooh. lot more than I, that that's really milking the goat on this genre. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, this is kind of like, um, like a, a Enya with that depressed Enya. Yeah. yeah goth Enya. Um, yeah, exactly. I have in my notes here, the album release comes with a graphic novel called from spirits and ghosts. The same as the album title. Uh, it's a 40 page novel about the world of dark Christmas revolving around two characters, the dark one and the light one huh. bringing together the lonely souls during the festive season. Really? I'm intrigued about that. That I would like to see. That sounds cool. Yeah. You'll have to let me know. I'm, I'm famously not into any kind of spooky stuff. I don't like scary movies. I don't even like the trailers for scary movies, but I don't know, check it out. It, it does sound very interesting. I don't know of many Christmas albums or albums in general that come with graphic novels. I really like cartoons or like animated 10, 15 minute, 30 minute clips that are no words. Like you're just following a story or, you know, same thing with print. So there's a few artists that do that really well. And that done dark is pretty good, but not for Christmas. <laughs> I think that's because we grew up in spawn from uh, Todd McFarlane was on and I absolutely loved that. And that was a darker yeah. cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. McFarlane. Great, great pull. All right. So that was deck the halls by Tarja. Let's move on to something that's a little lighter. This is Zombie Christmas by Emmy the Great and Tim Wheeler. That was Zombie Christmas by Emma the Great and Tim Wheeler. 
I really liked that one, Jay. What'd you think? Yeah, I, I liked it too. It's got a good upbeat rhythm to it. It reminds me of, um, you know, kind of that. I, I'm not sure when this was released. I think it was much later than this, but it's got kind of that 80s sound to it. I like it a lot. Yeah, it does have a real pop feel. Yeah. Some of these songs are just kind of droning on in a depressing tone. This one actually just feels like a pop song with words made for Halloween and Christmas. Yeah, exactly. It's packaged very packaged really, really well. I had my, had my feet moving for this one for sure. And I think, again, it's got that like that bubble gum kind of sweet saccharin 80s sound to it. Yeah, this is from the 2011 album This Is Christmas by Emmy the Great and Tim Wheeler. Now, Emmy the Great, her real name is Emmy Lee Moss. Emmy the Great is her stage name. She is an English singer and songwriter. Tim Wheeler is a Northern Irish singer, songwriter, musician, and he was in the alternative rock band Ash. Now, they didn't uh, do a lot of work together. This was this was a collaboration project. Yeah, Ash is a is a bold choice for a band name. It's just one constant away from a from a bad review, you know. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I have in my notes here, Wheeler contributed backing vocals to the 2004 version of Band-Aid's Do They Know It's Christmas. Now, Jay, I'm sure you're familiar with Band-Aid and the many, many reincarnations of Band-Aid. Yes, yes, yeah. And I, I, as I marvel that there won't be snow in Africa this year at Christmas, once again, that brings me back every time. And I have a quote from an allmusic.com review of this that the album This Is Christmas is a much-needed departure from the usual sentimental warblings that clutter up the charts this time of year. I like that. All right, that's an interesting summary. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's a good, it's got a good, good move to it. Yeah, fun, fun song, fun album. I, I listened to a couple of the tracks. Uh, they weren't as good as this one. I think this was probably the standout for me. But, you know, kind of fun. These things aren't really going to make our Christmas playlists, though, no. because this is that, you know, proverbial needle scratching on the record in the middle of a party. Like, did they just say zombie Christmas? Yeah, this was fun, but it's not, you know, it doesn't rise to that. This doesn't rise to that occasion, but uh, fun, good, well put together. You know, it's on the nose for what we're doing this week, but no, I don't think this is making my playlist for sure. Yeah, now I want to give some credit here. This song was provided to us by Adam from the excellent Mary Britsmas podcast. Adam gave us a whole playlist and ironically a few of the songs that he provided were already on our list so great minds think alike but i was not familiar with this song at all so thank you adam for bringing this one to our attention great addition to the list this week oh yeah sweet thank you adam moving right along to our next song today this is carol of the bells by douglas pipes from the official soundtrack to krampus the movie
All right, Jay, that was Carol of the Bells by the artist Douglas Pipes from the official soundtrack of the movie Krampus. Now, I just mentioned earlier that I'm not into scary movies, so I obviously did not see the 2015 American Christmas comedy horror film Krampus. Did you? I did I did not, no, but I, I'm aware of this. Uh, I didn't see the movie, but I feel like in the last like five or ten years in pop culture, this idea of the evil Christmas story has really started to, to, to get legs in Krampus. There's a couple other... Uh, um, there's a couple other uh, stories that are similar to this. Am I am I alone in that, or have you noticed that too? Like, I didn't see the movie, but I feel like this is more popular lately. I had never heard of it until Bob's Burgers did an episode. Yes, uh, yeah. They didn't use Krampus the name specifically, but they did. They did. It was something like that. It was very much in the theme of a Krampus, of an evil alternate Santa Claus. Yeah, and I will tell you that is, I believe, I think that's the 2018 Bob's Burgers Christmas special that aired in 2018. And it's a two-parter and yeah. it is some of the finest television ever. Definitely a good Christmas show if you got a, if you're looking for something to watch. Yeah, it was very funny. I don't remember what they called the Krampus character, but it was, you know, the something. We'll have to we'll have to look that up. Yeah, I have to I have to go back and look and get and see if we can get that for the show notes. But again, like this is becoming more popular, I think, as of late. If you listen to the podcast Weird Christmas, they are going to be talking about Krampus this year, and Craig does an amazing job with his research. So I'm looking forward to that. Even though I'm not really into scary things, it is Christmas-related, Christmas-adjacent. So I am interested. Now, if you're not familiar, uh, I, I took down a line from Wikipedia here. In Central European folklore, Krampus is a horned, anthropomorphic figure described as half-goat, half-demon, who during the Christmas season punishes children who have misbehaved. So it's the antithesis to Santa Claus. Yes. Yeah. And there's actually, you know, I give credit to the podcast, Tell Them Steve Dave, which is one of my favorites. Years ago on one of their Christmas specials, and they do one every year, it's a kind of a big deal. They talked about this story, and this that was the first time that I had heard it, and they went through sort of the European lore and the stories that they tell. And there's some, there's, it's, it, it's a great rabbit hole if you're looking to learn, a, you know, about a part of uh, Christmas culture that you maybe haven't been exposed to. But that's where I had heard it first, and again, it's been, you know, this this story is 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 getting into permeating into everything. Yeah, and just from watching the video from this song. It's pretty graphic and pretty scary. So if your kids are under, I don't know, 40, they, they, they might be a little scared of this one. Yeah, this is from from what I understand. Good, good call, Scott. This is this is graphic and this is this is definitely a departure from your conventional holiday film. And this is gory and like in the same way that like Fred Claus or Bad Santa are those are Christmas movies, but they're not the kind of things I think you'd show to kids. <laughs> so, Jay, I have an update from your wife via text while we're recording this. I don't know how. She's listening. That's that's interesting. The character from Bob's Burgers was the Bleakin. The Bleakin. That was it. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, Liz, for that. A real-time update. I appreciate that. We need to have her as the official researcher. Yeah, exactly. The podcast. Exactly. Okay. So that one was a bit of a creepy song with a really creepy subject matter. Let's go into one that would be a, a Sunday morning comic strip in, in terms of the, the playlist today. This is Monster's Holiday by Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Keepers. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the castle my monsters were having a yuletide hassle. The tree was all trimmed in ghoulish things like werewolf fangs and vampire wings. But they were up to no good. Didn't act like good monsters should. Found themselves a new prey. The 
They planned to rob Santa's sleigh. They were making a list and checking it twice. Frankenstein wanted a shiny new trike, a new chain for Janusz, a brace for Igor's back, a speed shaver for Wolfman, a new cape for Drac. They were up to no good. Didn't act like good monsters should. They'd found themselves a new prey. They planned to rob Santa's sleigh. The mummy was to signal from the castle roof. That was Monster's Holiday by Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Keepers. Now, if you feel like, hey, I've heard this song before, but not this exact song, you are not incorrect. This is a blatant ripoff of Bobby's other song, Monster Mash. I have a quick clip. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. All right. That is a blatant cash grab. I'm almost offended by it, Jay, but I don't know Bobby Boris Pickett's backstory and what was going on in his life, or I didn't even know what was going on in 1962. Maybe it was just a simpler time, and we didn't have the, they didn't have the internet, so maybe this was great. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is this is pretty bad, and you know we we've had some songs here in, in other episodes where you have artists who have taken you know one hit wonders from sort of one specific niche and repurposed them for another one, you know, and it, it still sort of works. This is the same song. <laughs> this is not the same holiday. It's not like it's not like he re, it's not like he took a uh, you know. So yeah, I'm, I think that this was not an homage. This was not a pastiche. Yeah, no, this was a copy. No, I think I think in the fact that it made it to um, well, you know, I think this the fact that this song charted as you'll tell us is uh, is a miracle. Yeah. Now we are going to do a future episode entirely of those artists you were talking about who took their hit song, and then changed a lyric or two to make it a Christmas song. Yeah. So that'll be a sellout Christmas. That'll be coming at some point in the future. But I wanted to add this one today because this one is, I I felt it was a little more appropriate for Halloween. Monster's Holiday is a self-titled 1962 single by Bobby Boris Pickett. In the same year, he did the song Monster Mash. Now, Monster Mash came first, as you can imagine. Monster Mash reached number one, but the song released just a couple months later, Monster's Holiday, only reached number 30, which is a surprise to nobody, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy, on the one hand, like, the fact that he 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 managed to even get it on the chart is, is, a, is a miracle. The guy ripped himself off, you know, which, on the other hand, is sort of like... I don't know. Maybe he was a genius. I'm not sure. But this, I think, was, you know, he, the market was obviously saturated for monster mash themed songs at that time. So I guess this one just didn't hit. Yeah. And if you really want something interesting, go on YouTube, look up Bobby Boris Pickett and look up some of his live performances. He does this really weird thing where his eyes roll back in his head and he looks like he's having some transcendental out-of-body experience while he's singing on, and this is like the Ed Sullivan show. It was really off-putting. Yeah, yeah. But maybe that was part of the whole shtick. I mean, he, he this was a monster singer. That's what he did. Yeah, this was this guy's niche. Yeah, and he yeah. Uh, he did he did it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, good for you, the late Bobby Boris Pickett, I guess. I, I don't know. All the power to you. If you're able to make two hits out of one song, well, there you go. That's not the only one of these we're playing today, though, Jay. Just when you think it can't get any weirder. Let's, let's tee up our next song here. Yeah, this is Santa Meets the Purple People Eater by Sheb Wooley. 
Santa Claus was taking a ride Driving his reindeer through the sky The sleigh trail winds along the Milky Way the night came a burning streak of light Sputnik heading straight his way All of the reindeer shook with fear What'll we do, oh Santa dear That Sputnik is bound to hit the sleigh Then they heard a little voice so clear Coming through the stratosphere Santa, I will save your sleigh saw this little purple guy He had one long horn One big eye And he would rock him Down that milky way But then he grabbed that Sputnik by the tail Swung it around and let it sail He said You stay away from Santa's sleigh Oh boy, Jay, that was Santa Meets the Purple People Eater by Sheb Wooley. And I can see by your your face, you're offended. I am. And it's important, I think, you know, to kind of peel back a layer here on the show production, it's important that our listeners understand that I listen to Bobby Pickett's um, Monsters, you know, Holiday. Uh, uh, Monsters Holiday before Sheb Wooley's Santa Meets the Purple People Eater. So I think Bobby uh, Pickett deserves some credit for this, but but Sheb Wooley broke me. Uh, of all the cash grabs, Christmas in the Purple People Eater, I just had a very visceral reaction to this one. You know, it's, it's not a Christmas song, I think. I think Sheb reached a little too far, but I think in the chronology of these songs, though, it was actually Sheb who struck first, right? Yep, this is from the 1958 single, Santa Claus Meets the Purple People Eater. Now, my dad really liked the song Purple People Eater by Sheb Woolley. Not the Santa version, but the original. I have a clip. Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had a one long horn and one big eye. I commenced the chicken and I said, ooh-wee. It looked like a purple people eater to me. It was a one-eyed, one-horned flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned flying purple people right, That's enough of that. So when I was listening to the Santa Claus meets the Purple People Eater, my first thought was, did this artist rip off the Purple People Eater song? And lo and behold, he ripped off himself. Indeed, indeed. And, and to that, I owe Bobby Pickett an apology because as it would appear that he just took a page from the Chevrolet playbook here, ripping himself off and, and re-dipping on this song again. But, I, you know, I get there's a lot of people, I think you, you mentioned your dad, that are that the Purple People Eater thing, for some reason, is it has a very fond place in their hearts so there could they could absolutely love this you know um but this is just i i I thought it was a shameless shameless uh, grab sheb shameless grab yeah i don't know what was going on in 1958 that purple people eater was some kind of awesome you know thing like like we think of beavis and butthead or something i don't know yeah and there's a loose connection there was a a minute minnesota vikings um defensive team their a team defense at a period of time i think in the late 70s where they were or, or maybe the 60s before my time they were known as the purple people eaters oh. uh, because of the minnesota vikings colors and because of their um, ability to beat the hell out of the other team so yeah that could be there's a connection there a lot of people have i know too maybe a little fringe though did they play the song during the nfl broadcast um i'm gonna guess that they would have you know again this was a this was a time when like you know i, I sometimes try to compare 40 50 years ago to today they're just wasn't as much content so something like the song purple people eater was a big deal you know <laughs> Got yeah, okay that's fair <laughs> oh, i do have one note jay that that it surprised me at the end because it sounds like alvin from alvin and the chipmunks and it's not 
Sheb Woolley has nothing to do with Alvin and the Chipmunks. I don't understand how the heck Alvin and the Chipmunks showed up at the end of this song. Yeah, is it are they, is it a crossover or is it like intentional? It's not. Now, later on, an Alvin and the Chipmunks album did a cover of Purple People Eater. Not the Santa version, but the original version. But no, there is no connection that I can find. If I'm wrong, listeners, let me know what it is because I'm kind of flabbergasted that Alvin and the Chipmunks, or Alvin specifically, just showed up at the end of this song and started singing. Or, or Alvin is the, you know, that, that Alvin voice is the voice of the Purple People Eater, I guess. Hmm. It's just weird. Yeah, and I checked my math. The Purple People Eaters, they does refer to the defensive line of the Minnesota Vikings from the late 60s to the late 1970s. I don't know that they played the song. I'm not going to go too far down that Wikipedia rabbit hole. It doesn't, the song, it doesn't inspire like menacing toughness. So I doubt they played it to get the crowd riled up. <laughs> No, I have an interesting note on Sheb Woolley. The song is meh, but Sheb Woolley is actually very interesting. He was an American actor and country singer, but he is presumed to be the voice actor that performed the original Wilhelm Scream. Jay, are you familiar with the Wilhelm Scream? I am not. Enlighten me, please. Okay, so uh, from the uh, Wikipedia notes here, the Wilhelm Scream is a stock sound effect that has been used in at least 400 films and TV series. I have a quick clip. It was presumably recorded by Sheb Woolley uh, from a 1953 Western. The sound is named after Private Wilhelm, a character in the Charge at Feather River. That was the 1953 Western in which the character gets shot in the thigh with an arrow. And it's, pre- it's believed to be the voice actor, singer Sheb Woolley. Yeah, well, in that case, it's spot on. I mean, that is getting shot in the leg with an arrow. That sound is like, can we hear it one more time? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that nails it. Pretty good. I will say this, though, with it, and the name Wilhelm, like, in my mind, like, if my brain were, like, that scene from The Matrix when he says, I need a gun, and, like, all the guns come flying out, like, if you say Wilhelm, the one thing that comes out in my mind is the character from Seinfeld that played George's boss when he worked for the Yankees. I don't remember that. You don't remember that guy, Wilhelm? The guy who joins the, he, he joins the carpet cleaning company that's the cult. Of, like, he doesn't, he's the one who doesn't sign the Christmas card. Yeah, I don't remember what I had for dinner last night, and you're asking me something that was 20 years ago i know it's much more topical and relevant in your mind are you telling me that my that i i retained all this knowledge for nothing <laughs> no no i'm glad that you're a font of information about a, a distant <laughs> past television show if we ever start doing a seinfeld podcast you'll be the first person i call yeah. is there a career path for this <laughs> yeah, for, yes if your name's jerry seinfeld yeah my wife has told me yes and it's called condescending uh convenience store clerk and it doesn't pay very yeah. much <laughs> So that was Sheb Woolley. That was an interesting song. Let's put these uh, blatant ripoffs behind us now, please. Uh, it, yes. We'll revisit them later in, a, in their entirety in an episode of their own. Let's continue on with the spooky songs. The next song today is Happy Ghoul Tide by Bryce Armstrong and the All-American Ghouls. Happy Ghoul Tide. It was the night before Christmas, and there in our crib sat me and my family waiting for St. Nick. How many presents you found? I asked my small son. A big tears in his eyes, he said. I only want one. Jingle bells and Christmas trees. Tell St. Nicholas, if you please, for a present. 
Woof, Jay, that was Happy Ghoul Tide by Bryce Armstrong and the All-American Ghouls. That song was both great and horrible at the same time. What do you think? Yeah, so, you know, first, objectively speaking, I don't think it was Christmassy enough for me. I mean, it was very much Halloween-y, but I just, I didn't, it didn't, I couldn't get the Christmas hook. That was my first reaction. The second reaction I had. Santa was mentioned, though. Yeah, mentioned, but like the the music, like the, the atmosphere of the song is not, was not Christmas for me, I don't think. The other thing I had to wonder, Scott, and and uh, is I kind of feel like the accent that this guy is doing has got to be, you know, this is an old song. I feel like this might be offensive to somebody. I'm not sure who, and I'm not shopping for it to be, a, but I kind of feel like, is this okay? Like, I'm not sure that you should be doing this. Could this be done today? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I believe. <laughs> I'm not sure who this is going to offend, but I kind of feel like this is poor, poor form. I don't know <laughs> what came first, this song or Count Chocula, but they are definitely linked somehow yeah yeah i'm not sure there's a group of transylvanians somewhere who are arguing that this is this is in poor form themselves but it kind of felt like uh like this one kind of missed the mark a little bit but definitely like you know spot on for halloween right yeah this is from a 1964 single so another song from another time and i don't have a lot of information about it when we do the research for these songs we find the song on youtube And then we try to find out when the album was, who the artist was, all of that kind of stuff. Now, I came across multiple credited artists on this one, some Bryce Armstrong and others Ray Otis. If you ever wonder who goes to those art, the footnote articles in a Wikipedia page, yeah, this is how I actually found the information. Ray Otis is a pseudonym that was Bryce Armstrong's performing name. So it's actually the same artist. Sometimes you'll see this credited to Ray Otis. Sometimes you'll see it credited to Bryce Armstrong. Same guy. You and I are Christmas archaeologists for sure when it comes to this. And I'll say that's kind of part of the fun of this. Because if you just play the song, name it, spit out three facts, that's not as much fun as actually having to dig. Sometimes yeah. it can be a little frustrating. Yeah. But in this case, I didn't find any other information about this song beyond what we just found here. But I did want to include it because... Uh, We hit a milestone this week, Jay. Tell me. The last three songs were fan-provided. John David Hatch uh, wrote in and provided us some songs for our playlist today to fill it out. So thank you, John David. I appreciate you doing that for us. Yeah, JDH coming up. That was pretty cool. Very nice. Good selection, too. Uh, so he provided the Happy Ghoul Tide, uh, Santa Claus Meets the Purple People Eater, and Monsters Holiday. So thank you. That was really cool. The other big milestone we hit this week, and I forgot to mention it, was we have surpassed 1,000 downloads. And I don't really like it when podcasts get a little self-aggrandizing and pat themselves on the back too much. But I just wanted to mention it real quick. And thank you to everybody who's listening. It really, it really is gratifying to know that people are listening to two guys shout into the void about Christmas music. Thank you. Yeah. It is. That's awesome, man. I'm really glad to hear that. And you're right. I mean, of the available metrics, right? I mean, that's one that that helps us kind of kind of get a beat back, man. That's fantastic. And thank you again, JDH, for the uh, the song recommendations, and a, a good a, a good niche too, a good mix that that really hit the nose for Halloween. Yeah. 
lot of fun. We have one more song today, Jay. This is a song you chose. This is The Fright Before Christmas by Defiant Brood. All right, Jay, that was The Fright Before Christmas by Defiant Brood. What did you think? I like this a lot. This was this was probably this was probably my favorite song of of uh, and I'm spoiling it. This was probably my favorite song of the week. And I, I, I let it slip there. But I, I really love the music of this uh, of this song. I like this band. This, this was, you know, every every episode we've had at least one band that I haven't heard before that has made me want to go check their music out. And this is like that, that goes to defiant blood this week for sure. It's defiant brood. brood I had I'm originally sorry. in there. <laughs> I had blood in the notes and I was looking up and couldn't find and well found a lot of weird stuff that had nothing to do with music. So it's brood. Now uh, they're kind of an obscure band, which I, I guess fits the brand of our show pretty well. All I could find about this was this was a 2019 single and that Defiant Brood is a death rock slash horror punk band from Western Maryland. <laughs> Famously, the Western Maryland horror punk scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> Renowned now, the world over. <laughs> now, it is a 2019 single, and I found the album on Bandcamp, and it's called It's Christmas, but none of the other songs on the album by other artists have anything to do with Halloween or scariness. So this is a real odd man out track on that album. Very, very strange, bizarre almost. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like a super, super niche band, but I, I like, you know, again, I would never have stumbled across unless I happen to be in Western Maryland. I, I probably would not have come across these guys. <laughs> yeah, I like it. And I like uh, uh, going through band camp and finding, you know, some of these, uh, unsigned and obscure artists, especially when it comes to Christmas music. I think that's a lot of fun. So I'm glad we got to play it today. And I really like pop punk music. That was part of what we grew up with, you know, the Green Day era, late right. high school, early college. Right. And this this kind of just feels like that. It's, yeah. It's not the punk music of like the Ramones or some of the English punk bands. This is that American pop punk. Yeah. That I really, like Offspring, that I really enjoy. And we'll probably, we're, we're going to have to do an episode totally on pop punk Christmas at some point. Yeah, for sure. I think that's that's definitely, uh, on that you nailed on the last point. Yeah, and it's like that. I, I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it, but it's like, I love that sound. And you and I were talking about this recently about Southern California and that late 90s pop punk ska kind of mix sound is alive and well here in Southern California. And it's one of the reasons I love, you know, the music scene here. So this, this song like immediately struck that chord with me and felt just felt good listening to it. It was a lot of fun and I'm glad we wrapped up our playlist with that one today. It's a little bit of a heavier song for Christmas 
So you probably have to be a punk fan to enjoy it, but I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, awesome, awesome tune. All right. Now, since you've already given away the punchline, why don't we go into what our tracks of the week were? So go ahead, Jay. What was your track of the week? Well, yeah, I spoiled it, Scott, for me. I think that that was The Fright Before Christmas by Defiant Brood was my was my track of the week. I have to, you know, runner up, if I could insert one in here, it's got to go to uh, Christmas with the Devil from <laughs> Spinal Tap. Um, so that would be definitely my my one one A for sure. All right. Mine was Zombie Christmas by Amy the great and tim wheeler i really liked the pop aesthetic of that song i thought it was pretty great yeah and it tells a story too that was the other thing i like you know some of these songs are like you know that's this is what we do so i'm not criticizing some of these songs are like you know the construction of them is probably a little ham-fisted sheb willie um but (laughs) uh monster match but uh this was like you gotta yeah this was poppy it was good and it was like i like things that tell a story jay i'm kind of happy to have halloween in the rear view mirror after this episode? Yeah, I am just like I'm happy to have Halloween in the rear view mirror every year because it means Christmas is here and this holiday season has started. And at least in our house, we can shamelessly begin uh, decorating and revealing the touches of the holiday to come. Yeah, we'll be passing out uh, Halloween candy in a Christmas sweater, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right on. Now, uh, Todd Killian from the Christmas Clatter podcast called Halloween the... Uh, speed bump in the road to Christmas, which is ironic because that's what my wife always called it. So great minds there. I totally agree. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm more happy than I ever have been in my life to see it come, but I'm happy for it to pass. Also, when you have kids and you end up spending 50 bucks on a costume, they're going to wear for, you know, 30 minutes or maybe not even wear at all. If your kids are young enough, uh, that's, that's a hard sell. Yeah, I will. I will tell you this much though. I've been, I've been double fist in Halloween candy for the last couple of weeks. We've been buying it up quite a bit and uh, we'll probably get more. So it's not, I'm having to uh, increase my, my mileage for my running each day, but I've been putting down quite a bit of candy. Yeah. Being a diabetic, uh, myself ah. kind of helps on, it, it helps the self-control <laughs> on that, that one because it, <laughs> yeah, because it can kill me. <laughs> All right. So That was Spooky Christmas Songs. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I hope you have a safe Halloween, however you decide to celebrate it. And we'll be back uh, on our next episode with something that is completely in the spectrum of Christmas, not any other holidays mixed in. So visit us at jinglejank.com if you want to get in touch with us. Thanks again to Adam from Merry Britsmas and uh, JDH JDH. for his three-song recommendation that was... uh, Really appreciate it. And if anybody has uh, song recommendations for the future, please let us know. But until then, happy Halloween, everybody. Thank you. All music used in this episode is property of its respective copyright owner, and no infringement is intended. These clips were played under the expectation of fair use for purposes of education or commentary. You can find links to all the songs we played in the show notes. Please don't sue us. We don't make any money from this.